0: Trademarks owned by Beckel AB to CV, 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.
1: I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, we take on a couple of villains to sort out whether bad stuff is also illegal stuff. George Santos won a seat in Congress by lying to voters, but is that a crime? And Kanye West made it clear he hates Jews. In England, he'd go to jail for that. Here in America, did he commit a hate crime? Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or
2: wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. <laughs> John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that us tonight.
2: Big jab there from Duffy and Frank Meers. now. Oh, down goes Duffy. Oh, Frank cool. does it again.
1: Rock'em, sock'em robots here. Oh, my goodness. I believe there are a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian.
0: Oh, back in your life, back in your life. Sunday, March 27, 2022. My voice sounds terrible today, Ken Flo. It is episode 342 of the Anakin Florian podcast. Sunday, March twenty seventh, 1.40 p.m. Eastern time. Ken Flo's out in California. We're not going to tell you what he's doing, obviously, because he's a close to the best type of guy. But uh, PFL Challenger Series for you Friday, and then uh, Metal Tube to California. Is it good to be back out west, kid, or what?
2: It is. It was a long flight. Uh, You know, I I know you've been doing a lot of uh, talking last night, uh, so let's pace ourselves today.
0: All right, so a lot to get to. Obviously, it was a huge UFC fight night in Columbus, Ohio, and, you know, as an American, we talked about this a little bit on the program last week. Like, I was really hoping the crowd would bring it after what we saw in London, and I can't thank the Ohio fight fans enough, and I just think big picture, it's a great fight town, it's a great sports town. Those fans were loud as hell, even though I could have done without some of the booze. So I have to acknowledge the Columbus crowd off the top. Um, but let's get into the main event, man. I mean, Curtis Blades had a fucking agenda. And you could tell in the fighter meeting. And he said, really, for three or four fights now, like, y'all got to stop sleeping on my hands. Nobody gives me a modicum of credit for my boxing. Yeah, He was going to go in there and try to win a fight by knockout without attempting a singular takedown. And fuck if he didn't do it, Ken Flo.
2: Mission accomplished. Um, you know, again, I think Curtis Blades is one of the more difficult guys to to bet for or against. Um, mm. because there's certain nights like last night, well, he looks like a world beater, you know, he's light on his feet, he's accurate, like there's an educated jab. He's setting up his punches, his angles, everything was looking really, really good. And then there's other times where, you know, maybe he looks like he's not really uh, connected in the fight. He's a little aloof or, you know, maybe a little too stiff. He looked phenomenal last night. Uh, And again, a lot of people consider his wrestling game, his ground and pound, the best part of his game. Uh, And I think he's right. I think we kind of sleep on his striking skills. If he's able to put together a a night like that, that's going to give him way more options and way more pass to victory. Um, because not only was he effective offensively, I'm not sure he really got hit with many shots, Uh, one or two, maybe that I counted. Um, but I I thought he looked phenomenal. Uh, It was great win for him. Excited for that guy. And, uh, again, the, the, the confusion, uh, continues for me as to what Curtis blades is all about and how he's going to compete on fight night. But, uh, he, he, it all connected for him last night.
0: And it's also hard because you don't know exactly what a guy's going through. You know, I think he's going through some right. sort of separation. He has moved to Colorado, uh, yeah. which he thinks is obviously a great thing to just be there year round and yeah. training at altitude and all of that stuff. And just to clarify, he did not say in the fighter meeting that he wasn't going to attempt to take down, but I sort of insinuated to him in the fighter meeting. I said, Hey man, like if this is a kickboxing match, I'm not convinced you don't win this thing going away with all due respect to Chris Dawkins. Like, shouldn't you be able to beat this guy in a kickboxing match and, he sort of said, absolutely. So he said after the fact that, yes, the game plan was absolutely to go in there and not wrestle. And I saw Cody Donovan at the airport this morning and I was on the phone, but he just screamed, no wrestling, you know? Um, so they're very happy, obviously, with this nice. result. And um, Curtis is a really good guy. And I think he's responded well to adversity in the past. Um, there's a darkest side of this that we will get to. But Ken Flo, I just can't wrap my head around the fact that. Derek Lewis last December was a betting underdog against Chris docus now it doesn't matter if you picked him or somebody else picked him that's not the right. point right Curtis blades closed a north of five to one underdog against Chris docus who not all that long ago was a full-time police officer you know and you know I'm encouraged by docus insofar as I think he can still be relevant in the top 15 or so but you know, this is an appreciable setback, and it, it's just amazing to think that, you know, a knockout of Shamil Abdurahimov three months later can make you favored against a guy in Derek Lewis who's the most decorated knockout artist in UFC history. I I just think that Dawkins got fast-tracked a little bit too soon.
2: I, I think you're right on that. Um, it, it's not always clear because, you know, you get certain fights, you get certain wins, or you have certain losses for that matter that can skew the perception of the fighter and what they're capable of, Right. Uh, and as you mentioned, there's a lot of personal problems that happen. There are a lot of injuries that happen that we don't know about, and we look at a, a, a you know fighter's performance and we say, they're done or they don't have it, or, man, that 10-second ten so- ten knockout is crazy. This is going to be the new star, when in reality we still don't know a whole lot about them. This was one of those fights for me, unfortunately, uh, where for me, I, I think, Chris Dawkins was downgraded, I think, a little bit because yeah. he couldn't find a way to really be effective. He seemed like he was just confused as to how to approach someone like Curtis Blades. And it is a problem because. If you do go aggressively forward, not only are you susceptible to counter strikes or running into a jab in Curtis Blades, but also in moving forward, it allows them to hit a reactive takedown, which Curtis Blades is known for as well. So he was in a tough spot and I could see it. It, it, He wasn't um, able to make the proper adjustments and was getting hit with hard shots before that knockout. Uh, and to me, it showed that he's not at the skill level to be elite right. just yet. Doesn't right. mean he won't be right. But where he's at, I, I think we found out a lot about Chris Daukus, uh in, in this fight.
0: And for you and Michael Bisping and Daniel Cormier and Joe Rogan, you guys are paid to be analysts. You're paid to be critical. And Michael Bisping sometimes will say, I don't mean to be critical when in actuality, we're not here to make friends. Now, for me, as a play by play guy. You'll see me at times be critical, um, but I try to do it uh, in a soft way. And to that end, like, it's hard for me to criticize the Dawkins brothers. I do think the ceiling is higher for Kyle maybe than it is for Chris right now. Um, But I like all these fighters so much that it's hard for me to crack a mic here on Sunday morning and be super critical of Chris Dawkins. But um, I do believe at times, like, his confidence sort of, outweighed his skill set a little bit i do believe frame wise he could be a great light heavyweight um i do think that he's committed i don't know if he is as all in as kyle is in terms of his obsession 365 days a year um but do you think there is anything to chris Dawkins is pushing the reset button on his career right now despite the fact that these are lots of truly elite guys uh and maybe try to see if his body can you know get down to 220 comfortably and go for
2: John, I, I think that's always a possibility, um, you know, as, as skill set-wise. Um, and, and I also think it's a possibility for Chris. Um, not that I know everything about his weight cutting process, but for me, looking from the outside in, I, I certainly think he can compete at 205 pounds and do extremely well in that division as well. Yeah. But I, I do think there needs to be a little bit more uh of, of a different approach, striking wise, and how he integrates and puts everything together. Um so, yeah, he's going to have to look into things and, and see how he can adjust and and see if that move to 205 pounds makes sense. Now, that yep. might take six months, right. eight months, right. 12 months.
0: And my prediction is that he is not going to do that. And I think from a matchmaking standpoint, I'd like to see McManard be a little bit strategic with Chris Dawkins to try to sort of help build him back up. Because the Derrick Lewis fight, it was just like, whoa, man, you know? Um, yeah. And then they gave him a huge opportunity to sort of right that wrong. And uh, it is what it is. But obviously, this was the best version of Curtis Blades. I mean, these guys are yes. just raving about the work that he has been putting in. And it certainly paid dividends. As we spin it forward, I can tell you John Jones is training really hard. and And I think that there might be some news on the John Jones front at some point in time. John Jones and Stepe Miachich to me makes a whole lot of sense for an interim UFC heavyweight championship. I don't know if Cedel Ghan is going to get that opportunity immediately, you know, the former interim champion. I think a yeah. Gon Blade's fight makes all the sense in the world. I said it immediately after Gon fought Francis Ngannou. And then of course that would leave Tom Aspinall and Ty Tuivasa. I mean, heavyweights intriguing right now, Kemp Flo, but what are your thoughts on on Curtis Blades and and who they might lock that octagon door uh, with him? Behind him with Next.
2: Yeah, I th- listen, I think you said it. Cyril gone Curtis Blades, I think, is a fight that makes a lot of sense. Um, now, if I'm Curtis Blades, I'm kind of uh, licking my chops here, given that we saw Gone on his back, and he seemed like he really didn't have the skills to be effective there. So Curtis Blades, I think, has the ability now, if he's able to put together his strikes and move his feet like he was in that fight against Docus to be effective on the feet. And, uh, absolutely can be very effective if he's able to put gone on his back. I-, I think those are two real strong possibilities. Um, Curtis blades look phenomenal. If this is a sign of things to come, I love that fight for him. Um, yeah. that said, gone is also a master when he's at his best in determining the range that he wants to fight at. So that that's a fight that makes sense. I don't think Gon should just go right in there for an interim belt at this stage, I think Jones and Stipe makes more sense in my mind based on uh, their pedigree and what they've accomplished in their career. They've been around a very long time, and I think you could absolutely sell a big fight between uh, John Jones uh, and Stipe.
0: Stipe might be bigger in Ohio than you are in Boston. I say that respectfully. I mean, he is huge there. Like, he walked into the arena last night, and – you know, Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, was in the building last night. And by the way, shout out to Joe Burrow being so there cool. for the first What's prelim. Stunning. I mean, he is all about it. But I was like, who just walked into the arena? And they're like, Stipe. And I'm like, man, he's even more popular around these parts than I thought. That so dude cool. has the entire state of Ohio eaten out of his hands. So uh, very exciting to see. Um, you know, when Love I think it. back to you and me calling his main event in Nottingham against Stipe Miocic and uh, – Now the dude's like an international sports hall of famer. It's crazy. So So, cool. All right. Heavyweight division in a good spot. And, uh, you know, you got to feel good for Curtis Blades, too. I just have to say, you know, spending a lot of time around him. And, you know, as a professional athlete in fight sport, when you're charged with entertaining and you have a speech impediment, not that fucking easy. Right. You know, like you got to crack a mic. And I thought he did a great job with the post fight interview. But it's hard. You know, you're constantly asked for sound bites. And your brain and your mouth just don't want to fire, you know. I got a lot of respect for him.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it seems like he he was in a much better place mentally. Uh, you know, he was excited to be there. It seems like he has a genuine passion for the sport, and he's been fighting for for a long time, and he's experienced a lot of those ups and downs already uh, throughout his career. And sometimes we see fighters who aren't able to deal with those ups and downs very well. Uh, you know, volatility can mess with a person's brain a lot. Um, but for Curtis blades, I think he believes in the process. He believes in himself. seems like he's in a good place. And that was one of his, one of his best performances by far. And you start producing
0: knockouts like this. People won't mind seeing you fight Francis and a third time, even though you're Oh yes. two against him. I mean, Huge, huge weekend for Curtis Razor Blades. I will circle back to the co-main event, Alexa Grasso and Joanne Wood, but I want to talk to you about Brian Barberina and Matt Brown. It goes to Barbarina by split decision. It was the fight of the night, certainly one of the more memorable fights that I've called over the last several years. I know you thought Matt Brown won the fight, as did a good segment of the fan base, of course, as did the assembled masses there in Columbus, Ohio. But what did you make of, of what was an absolute war, as we expected it to be, between Brown
2: and Barbarina? Uh, Yeah, I mean, we talked about it, but it's brilliant matchmaking for both of those guys, where they're at in their career. Uh, Absolutely amazing fight. We saw a lot. You know, I'm always fascinated by Matt Brown, a guy who has been around forever, and those are the kind of guys, that it can be hard to kind of teach them new tricks. Now, he's always had, um, I think, a versatile skill set from that clinch position, but he is getting better. He's getting more confident in what he's doing. Uh, and I'll put him up there. I'm telling you with guys like Anderson Silva, when it comes to being effective in the tie clinch of combining knee elbow combinations, oh. something that many fighters do not do well, even at the highest levels in the UFC, Matt Brown is absolutely elite in that regard. His foot sweeps, his knees and his elbows will always fire because. One of those things are you're going to be vulnerable to one of those things. And Matt Brown knows how to set that up. You know, if you posture up and you try to protect yourself from elbows, you know, he's throwing knees to your body. If you're trying to protect yourself from knees, he's going upstairs with elbows again. If you're trying to protect both, he's foot sweeping your ass. It was just amazing. And Brian Barbarina, like Matt Brown, is one of the toughest individuals I have ever seen compete. Just when you think he's hurt and you're going to take him out, he fires a shot. That hurts his opponent. It's it's just unbelievable. Um, both of their durability, their heart, their determination, their conditioning. Um, so I, I was blown away by the fight. Uh, no yeah. one lost that yeah. fight. As right. you know, I, I you hate to say that. Yeah. That is absolutely the truth. Um, I thought it was a brilliant performance from both men. It was an absolute classic. I'm happy for Matt Brown that he had to have a, that he got a chance to have a legendary fight like that again in Ohio. Um, And, um, but, uh, oh, I guess we'll get into it, but uh, I guess that's all I have to say about that. Brian Barbarino was landing huge shots. Matt Brown was landing huge shots. I thought Matt Brown had the better grappling exchanges, but this was a back and forth affair that um, I don't think was so easy to score, but I did have for Matt Brown. So that's what I have on that. I guess we can get, Yeah, I mean, it was interesting,
0: Kenny, to see the scorecards because the judge who did score the fight for Matt Brown gave him the third round. He didn't give him the second round, which I thought was interesting. But Matt Brown thought he had banked a couple rounds, as Mark Coleman did. The hammer Mark Coleman... um, came over to the broadcast booth immediately and it's hard for us because you know we got a lot of stuff going on I mean I thought it was a close fight I guess ultimately for me I did have a 2-1 for Barbarina but as I say every week you can toss out my scorecard Um, you know I guess I take exception and I love Matt Brown but him saying that he felt like he got robbed I think it's interesting Columbus Ohio you know that there wasn't a little bit of a lean from a judge uh, to Brown and I'm glad there wasn't because you got to not factor that stuff in um but yeah you just mentioned three words that i wrote down like heart determination conditioning like i'm sitting there watching this fight and i'm thinking like in my inner monologue like you fat fuck can't run a six mile on the treadmill (laughs) and these guys are doing this you know like seriously you know like like, if if they're men kenny like what am i like if they are men as a species what what am i exactly (laughs) Because <laughs> they're different
2: than I am. They're
0: built different than I am.
2: Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But listen, I, I think that he, here's the other change for Matt Brown. Because Matt Brown sometimes, and we see it, um, you know, that you can call it pacing or whatever. But I think at any level, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, nature, all right, or a fight, we're looking to be as efficient as possible. That, to me, is like the ultimate sign of a, a beautifully moving machine. Uh, Matt Brown... To me, seemed like he was the most efficient he's been in a very, very long time. I agree. The way he was grappling, he was leaning on, uh, you know, Barbarena instead of squeezing and like wasting energy or freaking out. Like, uh, I, I thought w- he showed more techniques, whereas Barbarena might have been landing like the shots that he did land were all heavy, they were all effective. And I think that, um, might have swung the judges the way of Barbarena, and, and yeah. absolutely, there's there, there's no doubt about it. He was landing a lot of effective shots. But when I'm looking at the full picture, for me, and again, I know this isn't a, a criteria for judge for judging a fight, but Matt Brown's overall mixed martial arts skill, um, I thought he showed a better display of that. It wasn't just overhand rights. It was knees. It was elbows. It was grappling, um, and some of those. Some of those rounds were close striking-wise, but I thought Matt Brown's attempts and his control with the grappling and his, and his aggression moving forward was the difference in my mind. I had yeah. it the first two rounds for Matt Brown. I thought yeah. the grappling exchanges put him over the top. Um, and uh, the third round I clearly had for Barbarina. So yeah. either way, amazing fight. I was yeah. thoroughly entertained, and I was happy for both those men who just continued to deliver exciting action.
0: Yeah, I think that's all fair and, and you put it well. And when I hear you set it up like that, it kind of makes me lean a little bit that way. When you think about the overall mixed martial arts skill set that was sort of put on display by Matt Brown there, I got a couple notes on both of these guys before we move on. So Brian Barberina fought out his contract. He now wants to fight Robbie Lawler. He says he's going to retire if he doesn't get a new deal from the UFC. He tried to renegotiate with the UFC to get a new deal before this fight. Um, and they kind of went dark on him. So obviously with a, I mean, he'll fight anybody anytime, maybe not anytime needs a training camp, but he literally will fight anybody on the roster that you put on the contract, you know? So that's a good guy to have in the welterweight division. You know, he's going to entertain. I hope he gets a new contract. Um, but just in terms of what he's doing in his life, right? He left Arizona, right? It's the bam fam farm in Tennessee, the Barberina family farm, and it's him and his wife and the three kids, are really leaned upon heavily on the farm and I don't know if you heard us say this on the broadcast I think we were in commercial right uh-huh. but if I went downstairs after this podcast and said to my daughters hey guys <laughs> we want to sort of live a more sustainable life and you know whatever it is I can't put it well in terms of helping the what we're going to yeah. we're going to you know cuz farming's like hard shit my daughters would be yeah. like Where's the dad store? I need a new dad. We're not doing any of that, you know? Like, <laughs> and I just have so much respect for Brian and his wife and the family, you know? And it makes me think about some of my parenting, right? Like, my daughters would be like, no fucking way. I'm not going <laughs> to dig a ditch. I'm not going to milk a cow. Like, fuck you, dad, you know? So I, I need to harden up my daughters a little bit. But, you know, Barbarina named one of his sons Jail. <laughs> you got to love him. Um, all right. On the Matt Brown side if I may, unless you have anything on the bam fam farm that you
2: know, I think, I think, ama- I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing. We're just actually building uh, gardens now in our backyard. So we're, we're, we're trying to start early. I think that's the key is we're having 100%. our daughter kind of, you know, water stuff and help around. And then, you know, it kind of becomes like a normal life. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, that, that's crazy. A farm. There's always work to do. We oh yeah. Farm. Yeah.
0: The Barberina family literally got in the car from Columbus, Ohio and drove home to take care of the animals in Tennessee right after the that's fight. amazing. You know? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> (laughs) Yeah. My daughters want a dog. They want a garden. They just don't want to take care of any of it. And I really hope my door is closed right now. (laughs) Getting fucking blasted on the Anakin Flory podcast. Love you, girls. All right. On the Matt Brown front, he's 41 years of age. And Matt Brown is very dismissive of age as a factor in any of this. And, you know, I'm 43 years old and, and it's harder. You know, I think in terms of, of working out and, um, you know, just your body and, you know, my wrists are even getting bigger. Like I need to get my watches resized. There are just certain things that happen as you get older. So here's Matt Brown at 41 years old. I thought by and large, this was a sensational performance, but he wants a new eight fight deal. You know, he was talking a lot about a new eight fight deal. He wants to fight until he's 50 and really was hoping that a win last night might have helped him work his way into the top 10 because he still has championship aspirations. Mm. And it is amazing what he has accomplished since he was 11 and 10. And on the back end of three straight losses in the UFC at 2010, we were filming MMA live. We thought he got cut, you know, he was 11 and 10, right? Yeah. yeah. Right? Um Sorry about that. Uh, erroneous reporting back in the day. Hope you'll forgive <laughs> us. Um, but I just think that um, it's not that there's delusion, you know, far be it for me to put anything past Matt Brown, but, you can't just outlast the clock forever. And um, Mm -hmm. you know, the wars I don't think are going to help him fight until he's 50, but I guess we'll see.
2: Yeah, no, it certainly doesn't help. Um, Matt Brown's amazing. You know, the, the, how he was able to turn things around at that point in his career is something that really should be commended. And it's something that's very rare in the fight game in general, no matter it, boxing MMA, kickboxing, um, and that takes an, an insane amount of mental fortitude. Uh, he certainly has that, and I think believing in your age has certainly has something to do with it. But the reality is, is our, you know how, how yeah. you feel and what what your body has gone through will have an effect on you. Um, I hope that for Matt Brown's sake that um, you know he he's doing a great job of. of securing his money and putting that away. I know he's into Bitcoin, which is freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can't fight forever. Right. We, we, we just can't physically. Um, but you know, I know Matt's kind of a quiet guy, but I think there's other opportunities for him in the mixed martial arts game. I think, especially as a coach, you know, I mean, that dude has an insane amount of experience and obviously knows what the hell he's doing as a fighter uh, in a lot of aspects that I think he could help a lot of fighters out there as well. Um, and I think his story would be amazing as far as a book. When you look at his personal—oh, yeah—he's at now. But, anyways, um, I-, I love watching him fight, man. Uh, but I agree, you can't fight forever. I would hate for you know him to get injured to the point where now he. He's yeah. forced to retire. Right. You right. know, I, it's always good. I think when you see a fighter kind of go into his retirement on his terms. Yeah. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, he's
0: got his coffee company, he has his immortal martial arts center, but he's just so obsessed with martial arts and training, hardest worker Love in the room. He doesn't want to do anything else, you know? Love and it. I get it. All right. A lot to unpack, and no better man to unpack it with than the ageless Raymond Longo. Let's get to the Ray Longo minute. Could not be happier to be aligned with our next partner, largely because they have a product that I actually use every day. It's called AG1. So I was looking for a way to improve my gut health, my immune system, just my overall energy level. And candidly, I wanted to see what all the hype about Athletic Greens was about. My twin brother had been taking AG1 for 150 days. I've now been taking it for 30 days, and I absolutely love it. Tastes good, kind of a mild tropical taste, and one that I look forward to every morning, especially because I know all the good that is in there. What exactly is in there? How about one scoop of AG1? You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. For me, it's helped my routine immensely. I'm starting every day with AG1. I'm drinking more water early in the day. I have the single-use AG1 travel packs for when I'm on the road with the UFC, so I never miss a day. And whatever your lifestyle may be, maybe you eat paleo, keto, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, AG1 has got you covered also contains less than one gram of sugar can flow how about that and it also costs you less than three dollars a day so right now it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition especially heading into the flu and cold season just one scoop in a cup of water every day and that's it so to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you got to do Visit athleticgreens.com slash Annick Florian. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Annick Florian to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
1: It's now time for the Ray Longo Minute. I'm going to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute. (laughs) Starring Ray Longo. The John Annick and Kenny Florian Podcast. Oh my
0: lord! Wow, do you hey. look good in Houston with the oh, red shirt? Man. Tell your wife that's a good color on your red.
1: Hey, <laughs> I just had a breakfast with Danny Rubenstein. I tried to get him to come. Hey, on. Rube. He wants nothing to do with you. I don't know yeah. why. Why that is? I just, he said I he just saw him. you at
0: a joint in Columbus, Ohio, about eight hours ago.
1: Yeah, I do. You're you're amazing. That's well, not easy, right? I mean, you just no. I'm.
0: I'm hurting and uh, no, you're hurting. We, yeah. were, we were burning it deep into the night drinking Jameson there in Columbus, Ohio. Damn. So, I have, so you
1: uh, even worse, you were drinking, and you yeah, flight got delayed. And I'm hurt. This is certain. amazing.
0: Oh, it's, it did some candle pin bowling actually in Columbus, Ohio. Ken Flow reminded me of nice. uh fairway bowling on Route 9. 8 it, 8. Route 9. Yeah. Up. That's probably I went to many a birthday party there. Yeah. Jeff. Oh, yeah. 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 Probably lost on our fan base. Ray, it's good to see you, man. Houston, Texas, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got Nazim Sadikov tonight in the co-main event, uh, UFC Fight Pass. Let's fucking get behind this kid. He's going to have a great night tonight, and he looks great, so expect to see a lot of him.
0: And he's managed by Danny Rube, is that correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you get a haircut, or did you just look particularly good today?
1: No, I got a haircut, (laughs) but thanks for noticing, John. I appreciate that. (laughs) Comb. <laughs> I combed it. That's I'm funny, pretty obsessed
0: man. with men's hair, if people haven't but, noticed. But, uh, you know,
1: I, I heard you talk about Matt Brown, man. I mean, at 41, to fight that type of fight is absolutely insane. But, man, what a – I mean, if there was ever a time for a goddamn home field advantage or what, that was it. Uh, I would have had right? no problem with that. No, I
0: was just saying. I was Come just on, saying. Man. Like, I thought – this is going to be the situation if you're a judge where you're like, you know what? But the problem is the third round clearly
1: wasn't his. You know, his you score- him anyway, Ray, how did you score that fight? Did you see? Well, you I, I, I had a, I, listen, I just went through this. You know, we were just talking about it. You know, there's certain fights when you want somebody to win. You just start looking at every angle. That's, that's right. the problem. And I feel like right. that's why I could never be a judge because I couldn't be. Fair. You know, I'm always going to lean towards the guy and then you start coming up with shit. So I thought for him being in in Ohio, the way he fought, right, right. I go, I'm giving that, I don't give a shit. I'm giving that fight to him. You know what I mean? Well, the
0: judge who scored it for Brown, I think, adopted that philosophy because he I had couldn't. it one one through two yeah and he gave Brown the third round because he's probably like, Fuck it,
1: man you that's know? it man if, if there's any time, let's get the crowd going crazy, yeah, and, you know but uh Barbara Rainer did a great job and he finished really strong, and I think that right. was a huge part of what you saw the last part of what you saw was an exhausted Matt Brown, but still pushing, man it's I amazing. mean, it's just a great story with Coleman screaming his lungs out in the corner I mean it was uh, yeah it was it was great, man, it was great so. If there's ever a time for that, I'm a hundred percent behind it. I go. Yeah. That was the time.
0: I don't know how much you heard of what we were saying, but the ability to push through the wall for Matt Brown—obviously, he can lean on the conditioning. But for me, as the guy who works out six or seven seven days a week, like I can't. I I wish like this would inspire me to be better. Like I just can't relate to just the the mental and physical toughness. I was truly in awe. And watching Matt Brown in particular, yeah. like how he just pushed through every fucking wall. Yeah, no.
1: No, really, really impressive. And uh yeah, no, it was uh what I don't think it gets any more entertaining than that fight. And I, I just I'm blown away by his age. I'm putting everything into the, you know, into yeah. the conversation. That's just that yeah. forty one to get into a war like that is nuts. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like you could relax on the wrestling, maybe still, or like Henderson had that one bomb that if he hit you, he was, right, anybody right. was going down. So he was always in the fight, no matter what. But this was a grueling, taxing fight against a younger guy, and it, you know who's very durable. So it was—I uh, thought it was the fans got what they wanted. I hope, I hope they take care of him. I really do. He deserves yeah, it. I agree.
0: So we were talking about Curtis Blades off the top of the show, and in our fighter meeting, I said to him. Like, if this is a kickboxing match, how do you handicap it? I didn't know at that time that he wasn't going to attempt a singular takedown, but kind of thought if this was just a striking matchup under the Glory kickboxing banner that Curtis Blades beats Chris Daukus in that setting. What were your thoughts on Blades' approach and the fact that he didn't attempt a single takedown and still got uh, the biggest knockout of his career?
1: Well, I think, you know, it was funny because I think everybody probably thought he was going to get that fight to the floor. he He makes he makes it pretty clear that that's what he wants to do and he doesn't care what anybody thinks. Right. Uh, but I, I think his corner probably told him in between let's go after the guy, you know, like let's, let's do it. And I think that's probably what he did. Very, a lot of respect on both ends. Yeah. Right. I think you got to give the first round of because just on inactivity of blades maybe, but, um, he came out and he made sure that wasn't going to happen. I think, uh, you know, as much as I was pulling for Dorcas because he's an East Coast guy, it was a great win for uh, Blades coming off, you know, a knockout loss to the other guy. So that's why I say in the first round, I'm like, man, is he apprehensive because of what happened to him the last fight? Or does he really respect, uh, you know, Dorcas' striking? So maybe a right. combination of both. You thought
0: Dorcas won the first round, huh? Well, there was no- what happened in the first round? There was nothing Ah, uh, No, I think Curtis, like, bloodied up Dorcas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Perhaps I think it Cody was, can— I,
1: uh, I think it was one, 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 but... one punch. I think he hit him. with. Yeah, it wasn't
0: a ton of volume, but yeah, I yeah, Dacus there was definitely not like a volume. I don't, I don't
1: know who. Him. I don't know yeah. who to give it to. but I'm just saying yeah. it was. It was very yeah. inactive.
0: So I just wanted to get your thoughts on Chris Daukaus real quick before we move on. Right, goes from four and O as a UFC heavyweight and then favored against Derek Lewis last December to now 4-2 and two, and on the back end of two just vicious knockout losses. So you're Chris Daukes head coach, Will Martinez. Are you pushing the reset button, trying to see if physically he can get himself down to light heavyweight? Like, what are you doing with Chris Dawkus right now? Because he left his career as a police officer, went all in on MMA, and now all of a sudden, just four months after being undefeated in the UFC, you can argue he's in a must-win situation his next
1: time. Yeah, no, he's in a... He's in a really tough spot right now. It's funny. I was on the bus with him. I forget where the hell we were, but I was like, you know, we were talking about being a police officer in Philly, and you know, there were, you know, what was going on, and you know, they were all the changes, and you know, to fund the police type of crap. And I was like, man, never lose that job because I know on Long Island, it's a, it's a home run. I mean, the benefits right. are crazy, the yeah. pension is crazy, the money is crazy. So I was like, man, if you could do both, it's like, like it's like found money, like you know. The, the, you don't, you know, when you don't have to make money, it's easy to make money, right? So right. he, I, I, I don't even think. I think he quit like a month after I talked to him. I go, I guess that conversation. <laughs> no, I swear to God. I like, yeah, I, I read a month later, he just retired. Yeah, but, uh, I was like, holy crap! I guess I'm I'm good at what I do because he didn't <laughs> listen to me. But I always like those jobs, like you know, the teachers and stuff like that. Yeah, they, they get set up. I think in the long run, they end up better than a lot of other people that don't have, uh, you know, even an entrepreneur who's making money but doesn't invest it right or whatever, something like that. These guys are steady, Eddie. And after 25 years, 20 years, they're, they're set, man. They got a nice income coming in. And I thought that's the way to go for him. I thought, you know, he's he was doing great. He was winning. And uh, it seemed like a good combo. So where do you go with him? Yeah, you got to hit the reset button and look for the right type of fights to get his confidence back and to, yeah. you know, let him, uh, you know, work on new things without being under extreme amount of pressure. But unfortunately, in the UFC, it doesn't work like that. You know, he's going to get another tough fight and uh, right, right. It's, he's going to have to dig down deep. I think he's he's gritty as hell yeah, and I think he could do it. But, um, you know, look, Derek Lewis and Curtis Blades are the top of the top. No and doubt. now we see Derek Lewis even having problems. Right. Yeah. But he's always going to have that ability to get you out of there with one punch. So, um, it's
0: true.
3: I will say
1: uh, Dog is I know.
0: right away on the stool, like he was right back. Um, and he was in a really good place mentally on the shuttle to the airport this morning. I mean, I, that's one of the harder navigations for me, right. With yeah. losing coaches and fighters on the bus the morning after. And, uh, a hundred percent, he was in a really good place. And I think, Speculate if I speculate, I would say he's in a much better place now after going through the Derek Lewis experience. It's like, all right, I'm just going to dust myself off and do this again. I think he'll be able to come out of this one a little bit quicker than the last one. Um, couple other yes. performances I want to highlight before we talk about Aljamain Sterling. You getting anxious for April 9th or what? Oh,
1: yeah, loving it,
0: loving so it. So, are you and Danny Rube? You know, Danny Rube manages Piotr Jan. I mean, you guys are obviously oh, on different that's sides right. to the Aljamain no, Show and Piotr Jan, I mean, Danny Root, like that dude That dude will talk some shit, too. I mean, how are you guys sort of mingling in Houston when in two weeks
1: you're going to be rivals? So, look, I have no idea he was Peter Jan's manager. And we're talking, and he's telling me, you know, like the ref blew the call. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, the knee was never meant to be illegal. Like, how the <laughs> fuck do you know that? Look, I have no idea. And I'm like, wow, this is. Somebody's bringing up like another point. I'm like, 10 minutes goes by and he starts talking about he's booking Peter fly Peter Yans' flight. I go, wait a minute. I go, Are you Jan's manager? I could I couldn't stop laughing. I go, This is great. I go, I never even knew that. I'm like, wow, he was making a case for that illegal knee. And I'm like, I never heard anybody say this before. That's really yeah. fucking I do. i was hysterical when I found that's that I, I had funny. no idea. And I was like, well, that's definitely a different way of looking at it. But yeah, I you know. But yeah, we true. had we had fun and it's and look that's the that's the beauty of you know being on opposite sides. You could argue and then you have yeah. breakfast with right. each other, and that's yeah. the way it should oh, be. Instead good. of you know yeah. what you see, everybody you know the divisiveness even in this country, right? Nobody right. get along. But have the right. argument, go out and have lunch, man. That's it. That's it. That's yeah. end the story. It's the way it should be.
0: How much more time do you have today? No, I'm good. I have all right. So, <clears throat> Alexa Grasso real quickly in the co-main event against joanne wood masterful performance she's Beautiful. focused a lot on her wrestling and her jiu as we said on the broadcast first career submission win found the right weight class you know kenny and i called some of her early fights if memory serves maybe not i think her debut happened just after kenfo left but yep. so much has been expected of this woman and she's just worked so hard and it's all coming together and i'm just really happy for her and i know there's a joanne wood side to this but ray i just want to get your thoughts on grasso and uh you know her chops now as a UFC women's flyweight contender.
1: Look, she's got everything it takes, right? She's got she's got the looks, she's got the talent. I think her boxing is is uh, spot on. Uh, she is hot. She's hot. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> hot. Oh boy, I tell you. Well, you led with the looks. <laughs> well, but I mean, she's a. Up. I mean, look at the personality. Man, she's a she's a sweetie. No, you, know? you led mean, with her looks, though. Yeah. All right, but, you know, don't, you don't have to be like a creepy old guy. Creepy like a... old oh, <laughs> guy. Oh, shit. Creepy I mean, old I mean, She's you. got the look. Jeez. Kenny, she's got the look, and I hear this. <laughs> 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 Oh <laughs> shit. Man. John
2: doesn't get out much. You know, he's, he's just, Holy
1: you. shit. Poor 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 Chrissy. Chrissy, my condolences. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yeah. She's gonna go to the husband's um, store. But, but anyway, I think she, she's she's uh man, she's looking great to me. She looks really yeah. good, and she's uh like again, she's always learning. Yeah. And uh last night I was talking to uh, TJ on extra rounds if anybody gives a shit, but um Don't. Uh, <laughs> Hell we don't. But, you know, is. Mizuki fought, Mizuki <laughs> fought her in Invicta. And That's I, right. Yeah, and he said it was a great fight. I I didn't really remember it, but uh, she's really come a long way based even on that. So yeah, yeah, she's in the right spot, right where she wants to be.
0: And, of course, she's one of the few women at 125 pounds that has yet to face Valentina Shevchenko, and she's perfect in the weight class. So yep. um, certainly big things ahead for Alexa Grosso. And uh, Brandon Moreno obviously was the first to break through for Mexico. But she is just so proud of her Mexican heritage and being a homegrown fighter that if she could break through, it would just be absolutely enormous. Not unlike Moreno, I think, in terms of her star power, finances, and everything else.
1: Um, she's, she's on her way. And look, both of them have their personalities are just really yeah, uh, unbelievable, right? There's just, you can't dislike either of them. Like Moreno, even Moreno is just, they're nice people that fight, mm-hmm. fight with heart and balls and just, yeah. you know. It's just, it's great, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for both of them. That's yeah. my favorite word to hear, Ray say. How, the way New
0: Yorkers say, balls. balls. Yeah, yeah balls. Moreno,
2: Moreno especially fights with balls. I find.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would yeah. say yeah. so. Yeah. Joanne Wood, perhaps the
0: submission defense left a little. But bit. But you never deep.
1: know these days, right, Ray? Yeah. Right. Who <laughs> knows? You know. <laughs> I identify as a kangaroo right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you go to Ray Longo MMA on Instagram, that is exactly
1: yeah, what you exactly. see. Exactly. <laughs>
0: so wood submission defense left a little bit to be desired i just didn't think she was urgent at all in terms of fighting the hands and you know she was supposed to fight valentina for the title at ufc 250 one of the rare instances in which valentina had to pull out due to injury and now right. it's three straight losses for joanne wood and you know i think she's a little bit conflicted because she loves her steps on maverick so dearly she wants to be a mother and she still works hard she's still you know as Ken Flo says, like a nasty prick on fight night, like the mean streak's still there. The desire is still there. Um, But I think at this point, you know, the title contention goes away with three straight losses. You know, I, I don't know yeah. how many more times we see Joe. And, Joe, and, and
1: love- thi- yeah, think about that. That's got to stink. You're right there for a title shot, which could be life changing. Yeah. And then this happens and, you know, she is a, you know, she seems like another sweetheart and that it's, it stinks. But yeah, she was very close. And now, she probably couldn't be further away. So mentally, yeah. uh, who knows how that's playing on it, too.
0: All right, Ken Flo, I know I've been wrong probably more than I've been right, but I could not understand why Kai Cara France was a near plus 400 underdog against yeah. Oscar Oscar. I and mean, as much as I love Oscar, I mean, again, everybody, when I would say that to during Fight Week about Kai, they're like, dude, you just don't know how good Askar is, right? Everybody who has seen him in the gym just absolutely fucking raves. But Kai's just a dog, Kenny, you know, and uh. – uh, you know, you're not going to outcondition him and he's very well coached. And, you know, Eugene Behrman was not in his corner for the Garbrand fight. He's a very calming influence for him. Your thoughts on Kara Front's potentially taking Oscaroff's number two ranking,
2: Kenny? KKF is a a G, Dude. OK? He's you know, a without G. Without a doubt. Uh, he loves to fight, too. Like there was a point where Askeroff after the first round kind of like sunned him, like pushed him out. Yeah. And it was yep. Askarov round. And I was like, huh, interesting. Let's see how he responds. And dude, he pepped up. He he basically said in his mind, it looked like he was like, I know everything that he can do to me. That was everything that this guy has. I'm going to make the proper adjustments and I'm going to beat him up. And that's exactly what he did. He made the adjustments. He kept them on the outside. There was, you know, one time where he did get his back taken. He did the little hula hoop escape, got on top and stuck to the game plan. And, you just see, he loved to be there that night. Even when he was in the tough spots, he loved to be there. He stayed present. He was firing back. And I, I had the feeling that things were starting to shift and were going to go uh, Kaikara Francis way. And absolutely, he did that. And this was, you know, and maybe this was why the odds were so much in favor of Askarov was this is a terrible matchup for him. This was a terrible matchup for him. And we saw a little bit of why that was the case. but. This is a different KKF. This guy is really tough. Watch out for that guy in that division because not only are his skills coming together, it's probably coming together because of what's going on in here, in his head. He believes in the process. He believes in himself. Uh, and when those things come together, mentally, physically, spiritually, technically, um, watch out for that dude. And that dude right now is Kai kara France.
1: Yeah, 100% agree. What a beautiful fight. Just a beautiful fight. And for reasons, Kenny said, man, he gave him a shove at the end of the round. He had to have that guy on his back for five minutes. And, man, he just – Oh, you cut out, John. I
2: think you're cut out.
0: Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But somebody was suggesting that maybe Oscar pushed him off because Kai was, like, raking his eyes. I didn't see any of that. But it seemed like some people were suggesting that maybe there was something that Oscar took exception to, and that's why the shove happened.
1: I mean, neither here nor there. Yeah, I bet I don't know, but he still shouldn't have shoved him. Yeah. And uh I'm I'm just so happy that uh Kai came back and just pushed those next two rounds and unequivocally won that fight. I think Danny was saying that uh, breakfast that that was split, like people thought Askarov won. I had that fight 150% for Kai Kara France. he had the momentum yeah. and he uh I thought he did a great job in that. And you're right. He took the best that guy had to offer, yeah. and then he came back, and he 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 wobbled him a couple of times. And uh, and to to Askarov's, you know, credit too, he he shook it off and he came back. You know, but what a great fight for that kid! He definitely 100% deserves a title shot. I don't think there's anybody that wouldn't want to see him fight Moreno or uh, you know, the other guy. I think he earned it with that with that shot. I'm sure they would have given Askarov a title fight off of that.
2: Kai was so effective that he was forcing Askarov to stand up and trade with him. Now, Askarov isn't, yeah. he, he's not, you know, he wasn't shy there, but he certainly had the advantage there. He was way more technical as a striker yeah. than Askarov was. Askarov hits hard, but you could see Askarov was very frustrated and was forced into Kai's game. And so I, I think that's kind of what made it so beautiful. The, yeah. the adjustment from the first round to where he was at the last round, it was just a masterpiece. Yeah, and
0: I you don't know.
1: Great. Yes. Yeah, Askarov
0: is is 80 percent deaf and just a, a tremendous individual for all of his perseverance. He had a, a, a pretty invasive wrist surgery. So he he was out for a year, you know, so perhaps that was a factor. But yeah, Kai Karl France is the total package, right? Like tuned in enough to do the O.H.I.O. on the microphone. You know, he can promote a fight. He has a crowd pleasing style. He's got the look right. He's an attractive man. Right. Yeah. If I can say that, Randy, yeah. you know. Total no, pack. he's
1: he's on a frickin' roll every which way possible. He's right where he wants to be, and I think he's got a lot of support behind him. Now, look, I'm a huge, based on even that fight, I'm a, I'm a big fan of kara France. I think he's, I just like everything about him, his attitude, the way he handles himself in the octagon, on the microphone, uh, just a great, it seems like a great kid, and he's got a great future in front of him, man.
0: So in 2014, if you would have told me that Neil Magny would one day tie George St. Pierre for the UFC welterweight wins record, I would have probably said, hey, if Magny ties GSP, I'll get the Canadian flag tattooed on my forehead. You know, I mean, (laughs) 19 wins. He started 0-2 in the UFC, Kenny. I mean, Magny getting it done now. I happen to think Max Griffin had banked a couple of rounds, but I guess that's neither here nor there. It was a close fight. Split decisions for Neil Magny. Ray, you got any thoughts on that? I mean, I would have probably.
1: I like Neil Magny, but I probably would have given the fight to Griffin. I thought yeah. he, I thought he won the first two rounds, but uh, the other guy was coming back towards the end of the second round, so maybe that's yeah. what, uh, yeah, shaded it a little bit. But has um, got to
0: really sting for Max, right? Instead of waking up Sunday as the number nine ranked welterweight in the world, you know, you may not get another shot at a ranked guy. You know? Yeah, he had
1: such a good first round too. It looked like it was just going all his way. Uh, kind of guessed a little bit. But. Yeah, I think Magny's just—he's a dog, and he he does what he always does. He's steady, he's consistent, keeps putting the pressure on you, and yeah, I mean, so it was—I think a little bit of a tough fight to score, but either way, was good. But I thought they yeah. were going to give that to Griffith for sure. But yeah, yeah if you would have told, I would have—I would have been with you. I would have never thought he'd—he'd he'd accomplish what he's accomplished. So, amazing. Power to him. Yeah. All
0: right. Before we let you go. Couple notes on your guys, and we wish you all the best there with Nas and everybody else in Houston, Texas tonight. But uh, Chris Weidman uh, starting to move a little bit. I throw, I saw him throw a kick in training with the broken leg, albeit softly. Um, by the way, Tom Lane was there with uh, Brian Barberina in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Oh, Shout was Lane oh, nice. yeah. He's working hard. Saw so him in the sauna. Um nice. but uh, yeah. Wh- anything on uh, Weidman? That's pretty encouraging. It's crazy to think that was almost a year
1: ago, eleven months. Yeah, no, it's coming up. Yeah. Uh, and it was Jacksonville too so I hope there's not a curse in Jacksonville but uh yeah, yeah I haven't really talked to him. I talked to him briefly last week I think I don't even know if I spoke to him or I was texting with him
3: yeah no I
1: think I spoke to him but uh he didn't we, we really didn't talk about training so I really don't know you guys know more than me I don't follow yeah. anything on anybody's right. story or anything like that so all i have right. no all clue right.
0: <laughs> so you have no idea that my minivan got totaled uh last no week. no, yeah, no idea all right yeah all right i heard something oh you know guys I were talking about I'm something okay. yeah i'm fine i saw I'm
1: comments fine. i think that <laughs>
0: yeah, that's my bruise it's <laughs> sorry are you okay buddy um, no, i'm, I'm just... okay thanks ray i appreciate no, it. How, how much wow. damage
1: how much damage on the car total they gave twenty four thousand dollars Wow. Oh, so that was all big paid up. Yeah,
0: problem is get a new one. It's fucking 50. So I lose 26 G's on the exchange pretty much. You know, yeah. um, wow. all right. Last thing. Of course, you know what it is. Sterling. <sighs> uh, well, <laughs> this fucking guy, man. <laughs> Sterling, comma, Aljamain. Cody, I don't know if you can get me a betting line. I'd imagine he's a pretty big underdog against Piotr Jan. Um, but these are the final days. Counting it down. What do you have for us on Aljo before we let you fly? I'm
1: going to say the sparring I saw on Thursday night, if that Aljo shows up, he's winning the fight. How's that? Oh, is that good enough for you? That guy time. is point on right now, mentally and physically. And, you know, there's still the bewitching two weeks, but as of right now, right. couldn't look better.
0: Yeah. Mentally, he's mentally seems or, totally and physically. locked in. So, no, no. Yeah.
1: Different fight.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. He's a plus three fifty underdog right now, so perhaps that's juicy to uh, to I, some That's going to
1: close. I bet you that closes a lot towards the fight. All right, probably All right. up to like four ninety, but uh, <laughs> who knows? Maybe we do
0: a little Anik Longo side wager on this. Wow, you so no, little, I don't. Know, just you're not just are not going to
1: That was your guy, Aljo. Still my you, guy. I'm just trying to have him. fun with you. Oh my God, poor you know because a guy loses a fight or wins a come fight, on, but man. people that come on. It's just for the show. Right? Oh, okay. for right, the good. show. So we're doing a sideways. So, yeah.
0: We'll just do a bet for something silly. No tattoos. Not going to make you shave your head, you know?
1: Right. Well, we, still, we still Pichy got, other, we still got other business to do when I see you in Jacksonville.
0: Now you're scaring <laughs> me like my bookie. Kent, no. Are you muted, buddy? <laughs> Kent, can, can I we? want to hear what you have to say.
2: Can we talk about Ray Longo's gold rolly, by the way? Can we talk oh, about shit. that? Oh shit! I need that? sunglasses. Oh my oh, god! Oh man! See, so for those that say we're not giving him any money for the, uh, for the t-shirt, that all is just t-shirt money, guys. Okay, so just look at dude. You know look what at that that is? That thing. You know
1: what I call that? I call what? that what? Matt Sarah versus Matt Hughes. That's what I call. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I love it. That, I is... Think I, I think, uh, that what, is. I think I think he fought. I think that he. He fought him on my 50th birthday, I think. And I was wow. down in Vegas. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a, what that's I did. A real one.
2: Heirloom a real item, one. my friend. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Rolexes yeah. just continue
0: to go up in value. Speaking of which actually going down in value, right? I'm walking out of the arena and some fan asks me to sign his Rolex. And I'm like, really? really? With a permanent mark, you really want me to do this, right? The inside of it, right? Like, so I get a Dang. message on Instagram this morning. He's like, uh, "Hey man, thanks for signing my uh, my Rolex. I was a little bit browned out, you know. I don't know if he was regretting the decision. Oh, but I'm man. like, are you sure? You want to like, I'm not Joe Rogan, you know. Like, what are we doing here, man? <laughs> yeah. Like, That's this amazing. is going to depreciate significantly. But all right, I'll sign it. I mean,
1: that guy's got to know sell a watch with your name on it. <laughs>
0: no, or he's, he and his wife spent all day trying to get. The uh, magic eraser, my signature <laughs> off of the Rolex. Yeah, so good. All right, Ray. All right. Great day, better evening. Wish you all the best. You flying home tomorrow morning, I assume?
1: Tomorrow morning. I'm out all of right. here. All it's right. A little let's crazy. Go Nas. Let's go. Yeah, Nas. let's go, Nas. Nas is going to have a been you know, UFC fight, pass, Fury championships. Be there. Watch. We'll it. be watching. Kenny, watch the and, fight awesome. tonight. I will. I will. And I guess the silver lining
0: is. Pardon the voice crack. The silver lining, though, is that if Nas loses, at least he's one of Danny Rube's guys. You know, so oh, not man. all. You
1: know? Holy crow! <laughs> that the, the PD on thing was priceless this morning. A crazy, yeah. no so you like, so wow. I'm sitting there going, well, I've never heard anybody come up with this shit before. Say, <laughs> he was and I if he was said, sneaky,
2: he'd be asking you things about Aljo. So, how's Aljo's training? What's he doing?
1: What's he yeah, doing? Yeah. It? I, yeah. I hope he did. not I might've, I might've, <laughs> I don't even know. I was, yeah. I was wow. totally, we got dissolved. double agents everywhere, Ray. Watch out. Unreal.
0: All right. Well, yeah. don't spend too much time with Rube. Have a great night. And, uh, we'll talk to you next Sunday, my man. All
1: right, man. Take Stay it easy. Travel, Ray. Good luck. Take care. Man.
0: All right. Bye. What a guy. What a guy. The Ray Longo minute nice. every week here on the Anik and Florian podcast. Uh, I quickly want to shout out a few other performances and then we're going to bring on our guy, Brian Petrie, um, uh, not to make predictions, but just to see how he, uh, what he felt about the Columbus show because he was in the building last night and I got to meet him for the first time. But uh, Chris Gutierrez performance bonus for a spinning back fist knockout. I was surprised, Kenny, only only the ninth knockout in UFC history stemming from a spinning backfist. I thought it was more than that, but mm. really feel good for him to get that bonus and the signature win. Um Aschop Kizreyev, a real problem at middleweight. Looks like he's going to move down to welterweight. Manon Fjord with a big win over Jennifer Maia and Mateus Nikolaou as well uh, with a big win at flyweight over David Dvorak. He ends his 16th fight winning streak and also Marcia Casey. Fucking man. I mean, that's exactly how you need to approach that fight, and I thought he really uh, passed the test in a big way. All right. Let us bring on our guy, Brian Petrie, from the MMA Takes Podcast. Hey! Had, to today. had to see your face today, brother. What's going on? How you doing? Dude, is
2: that an Adidas equipment sweatshirt? It oh, is, buddy. Oh, it okay. is, nice.
4: Bud. nice. It is, right. buddy. I okay. almost ran and got my Fossil watch, but I didn't want to embarrass Ray with his fucking Rolex. <laughs> Jesus. So, how tall are you? 6'2" yeah hell yeah man right uh, but like- my head my head is like a nine so my head is <laughs> giant so yeah. i saw the comments people were like dude how fucking tall i was like well i was on a platform but my head's fucking enormous so yeah yeah well it was great
0: to see you and you know on a more serious note we really appreciate everything you brought to the show i mean it it is so clear that you have been watching the sports so closely since you were a very young man and obviously it translates to our audience and uh you just have a great ability to communicate it with comedy and uh so it was nice to be able to shake your hand last night and we thank you for your contributions which we know will continue on the show um but overall just thoughts on being in the building last night, you know, I have a whole newfound respect for Ohio sports fans, yeah. you know, just in terms of the volume. Um, but what were your thoughts on being in the building last night?
4: Great. We showed out. I mean, Ohio showed on I me. Mean, I'm from Cincinnati, but Columbus is only an hour and a half up the road. Oh, I mean, listen, Kai <laughs> Carr France might want to buy a house in Ohio. That dude is royalty now. <laughs> Uh, I only heard a couple punch him in the faces and then kick his ass. Seabass, which is from like '94. Let's get some new bits, guys. Get some <laughs> new material. But uh, the section I was in, everyone was like pretty hardcore. They're pretty good seats, and no one really kind of acted up or anything. It was it was pretty nice, you know. And uh, I thought we were loud. My buddy texted me said, "Dude, Ohio said well, you sound electric." I mean, I don't know if we're yeah. London. But I mean listen we're you know Columbus is a high state that we, we brought it out and I met a lot of people from Cleveland so people from Cleveland drove down yeah. and I drove up so uh it was awesome yeah it was it was it was great it was uh fucking love being there I didn't realize
0: quite how popular Steep was around those parts yeah. I thought I knew I yeah. mean you would have thought that, uh, I mean, who's the who's the most glorified Ohio athlete of all time? Because you would have thought that fucking guy walked in.
4: Sure. Uh, I mean, right now, Joe Burrow, who was there that you met, yeah. and uh, he walked right by. I was like, holy shit, is that Joe Burrow? I didn't yell at any fighter all night. I just clapped. <laughs> Joe Burrow walked out. I'm like, little girl, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. Yeah. <laughs> he, threw me a, he threw me a deuce. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, Burrow right now, I mean, you probably got, you know, Eddie George probably brings house down from oh, yeah. back in the day, uh, you know, but fighter wise, I mean, Rich H. Franklin was the man for a while. I mean, Matt Brown got a huge yeah. pop, but yep. Stipe, like Stipe's fun. And he, yeah. you know, you know, Cody Garbrandt moved away. He reps Cali now. Stipe is right. like, I'm a fireman. I live in you know, Independence, Ohio, <laughs> right, by, right. right by Cleveland. I'm not going anywhere. And uh, we love him for it. Yeah. And he was yeah. sitting there fucking drinking, slamming beers, doing the oh's in the middle of fights. Like, he Amazing. loved it. Yeah.
0: Jim Brown, LeBron James, a couple of other yeah. Ohio athletes. I would say for Kai Cotta-France, though, if he is going to buy real estate in Ohio, yeah. got to figure out who Joe Burrow is pretty quickly.
3: You know? Oh, that's so funny.
4: But listen, I I, that, I, told know, I my get buddy, it. I get it. I get I mean, 100%. I get my, my buddy's like, this fucking guy doesn't know who Joe Burrow is, my buddy. All my friends are collegiate soccer players, so they don't watch MMA. I'm like, listen, they, they, they fuck. He's from New Zealand. It's rugby over there. That's their football court. He's <laughs> not gonna know who this guy is. But props to Kai, France. He looked great. Uh, I actually scored it. No one shoot me for Askarov, but uh, right. that's just that's just because I had him. I thought he won the third round. I thought Kai threw a lot in the third round. I just didn't think he did much. But I'm glad Kai won because he's you know he's the bigger promotional star in my opinion more right. pleasing right. fight he's yeah. only lost two goddamn fights in the UFC Brandon Marino in a wild scrapper of all like yeah I yeah. myself John was trying to sway us there last week when we were picking our fights Kenny and we both were like "Nah, we know what we're right. doing right. Johnny's the sharp uh well I gotta stop I gotta stop dis- disrespecting Kai France because he's really good
0: well yeah, and that, I think that there said was, a lot yeah yeah, yeah, I think there was a time where I thought his ceiling was maybe lower than I think it is now. Mm-hmm. But he's just getting better mentally, physically. Uh, hey, what I noticed. IQ, confidence
4: I saw you guys talking about it. the one thing I noticed I love is that rough first round, right? And it was a slick back take by Asker. But he stayed so fucking calm. I mean, that he kid, did. that Asker's death on the back, and he stayed calm. was like, I've been here before. I'm good. After the second round, the little shove, he shook his head. I'm like, oh, this is good. This is about to start turning right here. This is going to be good. My yeah. wife was all into it. It was great. It's great. So if Alir
0: Latifi had lost to Alexio Olenek, the fight did not happen. Alir Latifi woke up with a stomach bug. But if yep. Alexio Olenek was able to spring the upset, you were going to have to shave your head. Is that right?
4: Put a big, I put a big old right here, wife's got clippers. I was ready to do it. <laughs> (laughs) i'll throw throw a hat on for a week i don't care
0: well just let your (laughs) wife know that they could rebook that one in short order so uh that that, that might resurface
4: it's it's on until the fight happens i'll tell you that right there
0: all right brother uh two more things before we let you fly and we appreciate you stepping up today um Barbarina Matt Brown, did you yes. have a scorecard on that fight? Yes. And What were your thoughts on Brown? So
4: I in the building, it was very loud, and and, and I picked Barbarina, obviously, but and uh, I had, I only had the bet fight not going to the decision, so I didn't pick moneyline on that, but in the picks we did. I thought Matt Brown won. I did. The third round was, was rough on him, but I thought he did enough in the first two. Um, yeah. But a lot of my buddies back at home were texting me. I, did, I think Bob Arena got that. I think Bob Arena got that. I'm like, man, maybe the crowd swayed me or something. I thought Brown did enough. But uh, spe- you know, the third round was the, the toughest round, but it was the funnest round. I mean, those guys were fucking going, oh my gassing and just throwing. I loved it. I mean, it's not the most technical, but it, you know, I saw Bisving jump up and clap. It was fun. Yeah. But I did have Matt Brown winning that fight. I thought he I thought he did enough. He landed five takedowns. He was mixing up really well. I mean, he was he was taking shots, but he's also giving shots. It was very, very competitive fight. But I did think Matt Brown won enough, uh won enough rounds to do that. Two to one, yeah. 28 easy on my part. Yeah. Man. What a fight! Like I don't even
0: know how to call the round. How, fight, it, really, you know, I don't want It was sick. Like... All right, last thing, BP, before we let you go uh, back to the family. Curtis Blades over Chris Dawkus in the main event. Just want a few thoughts on both guys, right? Because this is an appreciable setback for Chris Dawkus and a monumentally enormous win by knockout for Curtis Blades. Your thoughts.
4: So I love the approach Curtis Blades took in this. He blew me away, right? His boxing looked really good. He's not the fastest guy, but his counters and timing were just on point. And that's what he needs to do. And he said it perfectly in his post fight. People expect me to wrestle. So that, that slows them down and lets me strike a little bit. He's a big fucking guy. He can obviously hit hard. Doc, as he walked right by me, and I'm a big, thick guy, and I'm looking at this dude like, this is a heavyweight? Like, you know, I am I feel like he's a little – like, I know he's 6'3", but I'm like – a little bit of belly weight or whatever. He's 240-ish or whatever. I don't know how big of a cut that was is, you know. Um, but I don't write him off. I know a lot of MMA fans are going to be so negative. Like, this guy's doing. Right. I'm not doing it. I think he's an elite guy. It was a competitive first round. I ha- I gave it to Blades. Second round, though, I thought uh, his corner probably – I didn't hear it. I haven't heard it back yet. His corner probably told him, like, let's open up a little more. He's not wanting to wrestle. Let's open up a little more. And he opened up, and Curtis Blades landed the right hand. I think Curtis Blades is, again, a guy I disrespect just because of the inconsistency I see sometimes, but – He's only lost two people, right? He's beaten yeah. everyone and, and he's a legit dude. And if he keeps learning these skills and comes in shape like he does, he, he's, he's a fucking issue. I like the call out too. I like the it call out, yeah. very yeah. respectable. You know, he didn't go crazy cause he would got fucking booed cause we were, yep. they were booing a little bit. And then I, I like the interim cause I mean, Francis is out, you know, for what, you know, Nine months with the knee surgery, you gotta have someone in there. You know, I think Tom is gonna be thrown around. Obviously, he called out gone, but uh yeah, I, Curtis Blades blew me away. I, I thought he would lose a striking match and he won and he won devastatingly. So yeah,
0: that's impressive. Prevailing wisdom seems to be uh that, that interim championship is gonna come down to Steep A and either John Jones that's true. or sure. Curtis yeah, yeah. Blades, Seattle Gone is probably not gonna be in that mix, but I think Blades, yeah. he's either getting gone or or Stipe, I just feel yeah. like Stipe is holding out for Johnny Bones, but we shall see. Right. Uh, and last thing I'll just say, like when we asked the Blades camp about Chris Docus to your point, one of the first things they said was like he's small, like he's really he's small he's for small. heavyweight. You know, yeah, he did. Yeah. But yeah, all right. Well, great to have you with us for a few minutes at all MMA it. Takes all podcast. It. If you want to follow Brian Petrie, and why would you not now? But thank you, brother, for everything. And hey, uh, thank you. We will talk to you in the not too distant future.
4: Awesome. awesome. I'll all see right, you guys. Buddy. Good meeting you, John. Yeah, Thanks, dude. guys.
0: Uh, see you. All right. Have a good rest of your Sunday. Brian, you peace with us here on the Anakin Florian podcast. I would like to see Cody Merrill before we get on out of here. Um, hey. Sean Strickland's going to fight Alex Pareda. Is that right? At middleweight?
3: Yes, he is. Not July 30th. UFC 277. Oh. Ken, son. So
0: Sean Strickland banger. doesn't turn down opponents, you know, because he's on the short list of guys you could put in a title fight right now. And instead, he's fighting a guy who, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't even have a number next to his name, Cody. I mean,
3: not as a standout. Things will change. Things will change. You know that'll yeah. be that's a gonna of- be a
2: banger. But here's the thing: I know yeah. Sean is a savage, but we may see him grapple in this one.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's yeah.
2: the that's what he should yeah. do. He yeah. should try anyway. Yeah, right. I don't know.
3: Cody, anything else before we get out of here? Yeah, a couple couple points here with the Marrow seconds, you know, a little duality of words there. So Izzy Kananier isn't booked yet, so an update at middleweight. So that's the the direction everything is trending. Uh, Irene Aldana is out at UFC 273. Sources say Rocky Pennington is in against Aspen Ladd. I think that's actually a better right. fight, a you know, winnable fight for Rocky. I think she's ninth in the rankings. Uh, Casey O'Neal versus Jessica I is slated for UFC 276. So moving a prospect along there. God loves women's
0: MMA, this producer,
3: huh? <laughs> Jesus, <You> got anything <laughs> yeah, on the bed? We're, we're no, all kidding. about it. We're all about totally The, kidding. Everybody the relax, next one kidding. is about two of the Smash Bros. <laughs> I don't know if you guys seen Hamza and Till's content lately, but they went in and trashed a target like the other day. Like just two, two dudes being boys, like two boys being dudes. Like just interesting <laughs> stuff on their social media. And last but not least, UFC fan, future MVP candidate, 30 for 30 perennial player. Welcome to Boston, Trevor story. Oh, That's what you. I got to say.
0: <laughs> I got to say. So, and again, thank you, Cody. You know, sometimes, and, and while the majority of our listenership is in the United States, we do have a huge portion of our listeners who are international. And yeah. when we talk about the Boston Red Sox or Joe Burrow, they don't know what we're saying. But Trevor story, who the Red Sox just gave $140 million, oh my is a huge UFC fan. You know, and so it's sort of unique being an announcer for the UFC because so many of these high profile professional athletes are rabid UFC fans. So Trevor Story signs with the Red Sox. I go to his Instagram page and it says follow back. I'm like, this dude's following me, you know, and then I'm able to have a conversation with the guy who just signed with the baseball team that just dominated my formative years. So very excited to get my Trevor Story jersey and uh, and that will put a bow on that one other thing before we go. To the fans in the United Kingdom, we obviously have so much appreciation for you listening to the show, watching the show, all that you brought to the table in London. But I heard from a few fans, and I just – can you imagine what these fans have to do every week to pull all-nighters to watch these fights? And I don't know if there's anything that we can do to affect change because a lot of these fights are going to be primetime in the U.S., but if you're a UFC fan in the United Kingdom, you're, you're staying up all night, like, 41 times a year. And as someone who does that regularly, like, it's hell on your body. So you all have my respect. I just wanted to say.
2: You know. Absolutely. In fact, I'm looking at a car uh, myself, John, and, and uh, the sales manager is from Scotland. And he's, you know, he's talking about how he grew up watching UFC. And he that was one of the things he talked about. He'd have to, you know, stay up to, like, yeah. 5, in the, 5 a.m. Not, yeah. with his friends. You know, and you're, you're drinking. He's like, you can't stay up. But that's commitment, dude. That's awesome.
0: It's really hard, like a 2 a.m. start time for the main card. Like if you have children, I mean, I guess maybe you, you nap or something. I don't know. But again, yeah. uh, I know sometimes for American fight fans, we have some, you know, cards in the middle of the night. But I, I just think for the Europeans who watch this sport uh, at all hours of the night, I just wanted to shout you guys all out. All right. Thank you to everybody for watching, for listening. Don't forget, Anna dot com for everything you need to know about the show. If you want to buy this t-shirt where Kempo just looks so goddamn tough you can Handsome do that gentlemen. promo code af10 one more sleep merchandise at millions.co and we are back with you next week as we get you ready for ufc 273 we thank ray longo and brian petrie our executive producer cody merrill for kenny florian i'm john annick we will talk to you shortly ufc fight nights in the books jacksonville your move yo fucking later Trademarks owned by Beckel AB to CV 2024. Proximo Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.